All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Today's the Day. I'm incredibly excited for this one in particular, actually. We have Bronson Ashton. He is by far one of my most influential, very, very, very close friends that I've ever had. I've had a lot of really cool experiences with him, but a little bit a little bit on Bronson. I'm going to call him Bucket throughout this whole thing. Throwing it way, way back. Bucket grew up, Las Vegas, middle of three kids. You're the middle, middle kid of three. Yep. Growing up out in Vegas, you're a two-time state champ wrestler, which is extremely impressive coming out of Vegas, right, from what I hear. In doing that, you went and earned yourself a full ride to Penn State. Right? Kind of. All right. Well, full ride to Penn State. I'll explain that. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. And you actually ended up like that. You'd think you end up at Penn State. You actually ended up staying back. You helped take care of your family, which which shows a lot about you. You moved to Utah with a freaking broken car and $5, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe five bucks. <laughs> maybe five bucks. Maybe yeah. a little bit less than five bucks. You you went and took the, the LSAT and you ended in the 97th percentile your first try. Okay. You're, I mean, bilingual, you speak Russian from what I remember, which is nutty. And you've supported a lot of people a long time. And as of right now, where you sit now, I've worked with you. Uh, we work in the same industry. You run hundreds, you manage hundreds of people through and through, like you manage their experience from through the door till them making great money and running teams themselves. You train people on how to do that. And you just, you provide a ton of value everywhere you go. So all of that, all of that's great. The biggest reason I wanted to have you on, I mean, we've had some We've had some awesome conversations for literally years. Again, when I say you're one of my most influential friends I have is like, you're someone, if I, if I was stranded 2 a.m., three states away, you'd be probably top three people I would call, right? I'd get there. Um, yeah, you'd get there, absolutely. And we would have a blast doing it. Um, not to mention, you've really gone, and the, the real reason for this, because we could just shoot the shits all day, but the real reason to have you on here is because I've learned so much from you, not only in things you've told me, but just watching you and working with you. I mean, seeing how you move and how you navigate. And then more importantly, you just go and you, you do exactly what I think everyone's goal is to go and do. And you're not perfect, but you extract the most out of every situation you get put into. And I want to ask a few questions leading up to that, but you really do. You go get the most out of everything. Your work environment, you get the most out of it. Every opportunity you have, you're going and you're making sure you're attacking it and dominating it. And I mean, we have a joke between us. You always say we're built different, right? Like that's, that's how you go and approach things, which is really, really cool. But throwing it way, way back, tell us like starting out, grew up in Vegas, yeah. middle of three kids, right? So older brother, you, then younger sister, younger yeah. sister, all through growing up. Like, tell me a little bit about that in Vegas. How was that? What would that look like? Family situation? What was that like? Dude, I'll be honest. Like growing up, I, it was a fun situation. My dad, I thought he made a bunch of money. He owned an asphalt company. Um, so I grew up kind of like the rich kid in my group, like, yeah, we were, we were well off. My dad was making good money. And then when I turned like 15, 16, 2008 happened mm -hmm. or maybe I was uh, 2008, I was like 14. And then basically what ended up happening is he lost it all. Um, he was trying to go build mini storages. He was trying to go do a bunch of things and leverage himself too much. And he never had anybody kind of mentoring him or helping him or whatever. Like my dad was my absolute hero growing up. And then. Um, my last two years I spent in kind of like hiding, trying to make everybody think that we still had money. Cause I was a little bit embarrassed of our situation. Identity crisis. You're like, little, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You think it's like growing up, like looking back, it's so dumb, but like growing up, you think it's like yours. And like, you think like that's your image and that's your stuff. But like the reality of it is, is my dad and my mom and I had nothing to do with it. So yep. I grew up what I thought was super wealthy. Then had the brokenness so i got like kind of the both sides of it mm -hmm. and i just dude i 
I was always a big people pleaser. So I, my dad wanted me to get straight A's. So I was always really, really good in school and focused on getting school, whether it was cheating, whether it was studying, whether it was whatever it was, I made sure that I got straight A's. Yep. And then, yeah, I'm obviously not proud of the cheating part, but you got to do it. It's high school, right? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. do. What you do. And then rolling into that. So through high school, two-time state champ in Vegas in wrestling, right? Yeah. Which uh, from my experience, every wrestler I know, like there, there's a different caliber of person that's a wrestler, right? And then also to be a state champ and then also to be a state champ in Vegas, yeah. right? So what, like what, where did that come from? So I grew up, my brother was, my brother started wrestling. My dad was a wrestler. So I started when I was like four or five years old. That's where the bucket nickname comes from. So when I was like four or five, I wore headgear and my dad called me Buckethead, and it just got <laughs> stuck. Right. So that's amazing. Yeah. I wrestled and dude, I always like, I don't know. I always knew that like wrestling is a cool sport because it's you versus somebody else. And the harder you work, the better you're going to do. Yep. And so like, I just saw from a young age, the more work you put into something, the better off you're going to be at it. Mm -hmm. And I always got like a weird kick out of like working when people weren't working. Yeah. So like I would go run after practice or I'd go do this or go do that. Yep. Knowing that somebody else wasn't doing it, it kind of gave me an edge and I wasn't planning on wrestling in high school or sorry, in college. Yep. Last second I decided to, I had a coach that knew Kale who coaches Penn state wrestling is a little bit different because like title nine and all that stuff there's only 9.9 9.2 something scholarships throughout the whole thing okay. so because my grades were really good i had a spot on the wrestling team and then i did have a full ride with like school and all that stuff when you apply it all cool but it wasn't just like a full ride wrestling, wrestling scholarship. scholarship yeah no it's still still super impressive yeah and, and then i guess my question with that is like okay at what point did you notice like dang I'm, i guess what i keep going back to is like i'm built different like you like to work when no one else was working you yeah. like to be doing the extra thing, which is odd for someone in high school. I was the opposite, dude. I was like, I'm going to do the least. <laughs> yeah. I had six library aid periods. I would chill. I'd have a blast. I love my high school experience, but I didn't really have that. Like, I didn't get that until way after high school, that like chip on my shoulder to go be the best. I really, I did not have that. Yeah. Like what, where did you get that? Do you think it's from people please with you? Like what, where did you feel like you got that? I think it was a part of it. Like it's, it's, I'm actually trying to not be as much of a people pleaser now. Yeah. But like, honestly, I think that had a big thing to do with it when I was like growing up. Cause like I wanted to please my dad. Cause he was like my hero. Yeah. Right. And like, that was something my dad. So growing up, my dad was like best friends with Tom and Terry brands. They coach university of Iowa. They're like legends in the wrestling world. Right. Okay. And that's their mentality. So I saw them do it and I went and lived with Terry brands for a summer and like, Yep. It kind of just from a young age was ingrained in me and yep. I saw it and it's I realized it worked and I just stuck with it. Yeah. And, and you've carried that. So, so post, post school, everything like that, you've carried that all the way through everything. I mean, 97th percentile on the LSAT's just absolutely insane. Yeah. First try. Yeah. Right? Crazy. That's absolutely insane. I remember when you were, when you were studying for that, like that, that fully consumed you. Right. And you like, that's just how you are. You go and you do things different. Um, and then post that even, I mean, to, to kind of brag a little bit for you, cause I know you're not going to like, you've gone and dominated in every work environment you've been put into. Obviously you've been blessed with some really incredible opportunities. You've been put into some really cool rooms, but I mean, you're, how old are you? You're I'm 20. I turned 29 next week, actually. You turn 29 next yeah. week. And literally in the last four, five years, four years, you have gone. And just in that span from 24 to where you are now, you've gone and created millions of dollars in revenue for these companies, hundreds of millions of dollars at this point in yeah. revenue for these companies, made millions yourself, done really, really well in that aspect. But more importantly, and kind of the reason I care to talk to you and have you on here is like you, 
you do things the right way everywhere you go in the industry you're in there's a lot of like backlash you can get and you can leave a really sour taste in people's mouths you've never done that which is extremely impressive and it's not easy to do and, and that takes a lot of attention to it you have to care you have about, to care yeah. right about doing it the right way to do it the right way because it's really easy to do it the wrong way so so that's kind of where you're at now and, and kind of some the things i want to get from you and kind of your experience is You've been blessed with massive opportunities, but obviously you've taken advantage of them. With those, with the opportunities you've had, you've been put around some really cool people, even early on in wrestling, right? You kind of adopted their mindset, right? In your yeah. business career, like you're surrounded by these people. You're now top 1%, these other top 1%. What are some things you see that they just do differently than other people? Like what are, what are the best, the best? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Doing differently. That's a great question. You're good at this. <laughs> no. This podcast is going to be the real deal. Yeah, I, I like, dude, I like talking. Bro, I think one of the biggest <laughs> things with me was like, before I even saw any financial gains or saw any like, anything hitting my bank account, right? Like, I was doing things that like successful people would tell me to do mm -hmm. and not necessarily seeing the reward right, right away. Yeah. Like I'm even seeing it now. Like I have a family member that's talking to me and he's like, dude, I've been doing so good for a year and a half. Like I've got my life back on track. I've been doing this. And it's like, yeah, but it's only been like a year, year and a half. Right. And like people yeah. obviously like, expect something pretty quick, always like immediately. Yep. And from the time I was 21, when I got back from my mission in Russia to the time I was 26, like, I was really struggling financially. Like I wasn't, and nobody would know, but like I wasn't doing crazy well. Like I was making decent money living and doing it, mm -hmm. but I was doing all the things that like successful people would tell me, like waking up early, not spending all your money, investing your money when you pot, like whenever you could, right? We have some mentors that like really, really successful financially and you want to follow them in certain areas, but in other areas, they're kind of just like a jerk, yep. right? So it's like, I kind of look at it as like creating the ultimate like quarterback or somebody like that, like NFL player. And it's like, yeah. you want Tom Brady's IQ, you want somebody's arm, you want Lamar Jackson's like playmaking or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. And so like I would pick and choose from different people and I wasn't so married. Like I see so many people, they get one mentor 
And they're like, so-and-so said to do this, so I have to do it this way, and I'm going to do it like this all the time. Yep. And, like, I think that's really – I think mentors are super good, but I do think that you have to be self-aware enough to be like, I don't want to be like that Yep. necessarily and pick and choose what you want from people. And I love that. I, so yeah. I, I've, I've seen that. Mentors and specifically conversations, again, going back to the reason for this podcast, like some conversations I've had have literally gone and shaped my life and helped me go create the life that I, I love to death. And I learned super quick that some of my heroes – are my heroes in a certain aspect. Yeah. Like I have heroes where I'm like, dude, that is the kind of dad I want to be. And they're broke. Yes. Right. percent. And I don't want to be broke. Like I want to be that kind of dad. I don't want to be broke. So yeah. that's the kind of money I want to make. That's where I attach myself there. That's the kind of investor I want to be. That's where I attach myself. That's the kind of friend I want to be. That's the friend I'm going to hang out with. 100%. Like, and I have mentors, dude, I have mentors all across the board. And, and one thing I would, I would stress too is like, and I know you're big on this is you don't always need to go and have a multi-millionaire millionaire that's your mentor, sits down with you and tells you how to make millions of dollars. Dude, there are literally the richest people in the world consolidate decades into hours of reading books. And that's something you crush in. Like now you, you now you do have like a physical network of these people. You're in yeah. that network. You're one of those people. But for a long time, even when we first met, like it was books. Like that's one thing we always had in common. Like that's just as good as hanging out with Warren Buffett. That's just as good as hanging out with Tony Robbins. Go and freaking read their books. So I love that you mentioned that. Like there's literally like don't go cling on to a mentor. And also I think a lot of people like their parents, their heroes, which is a good thing. Like like your dad, your dad and your mom should be your heroes. They freaking brought you up. They they went through the freaking mud. They got you to where you're at. Yeah. Right. They should be your heroes. But if your dad is broke, don't go ask your dad how to make money. Right. Yeah. Like if your dad is not happy or if you're whatever it may be, wherever he falls short, go find someone else to supplement that. Um, so I love that. So I think, I think circling back up on that, the top 1%, I've always seen them as still having mentors too. Like my mentors, the people that I look at on a pedestal, they're still reading books. Like they're still picking people's brains. Like they're, they're so humble and willing to grow. And then the next thing I would want to say, and, and kind of my, my favorite question to ask people always is everybody goes and sees someone and you've already kind of touched on it, but I want to go, go in depth a little bit. Like everyone sees someone where they're at always, like that's mm -hmm. just what you see. You never go and realize that they've been through everything you've been through or different things that are similar. They've never gone like it just seems like it worked out for them. And one of the things that frustrates me more than anything is when people go and, and they discredit people's success. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course, he's happy. It's working for him. And they don't realize behind every single one of those people, there's massive, massive hardships. There's huge failures as what your average person would call them as a failure right? There's these, these really big lows, yeah. right? That then lead up to the really high highs, right? And something I like to ask every single person that I, that I speak with is it's like my favorite question is like, what, what's a specific time or multiple times in your life where it's like, dude, this was like the freaking, this was the pits. This sucked. The lowest time was probably my dad couldn't provide for my family. I was going to school I was at a crossroads of like, what do I do? Do I go quit school? Do I go just get a job and start putting on for everybody? Or do I just focus on school and tell everybody else? Like, mm -hmm. like it was a crossroad of like, how do I want to handle my life and what do I want to do? And like, honestly, I was a little selfish with it and was like, Hey, I got to do what's best for me. Yeah. And ultimately I think the way I thought of it is like, I can go take care of my family right now, or I can go put myself in a position to where I can take care of everybody for eternity. Mm -hmm. and like really create something for them and actually be able to help. Yeah. And by my 
uh, example be something for him. And it actually worked out really well. So like I was in school, I was working two jobs and everybody was telling me to quit school. Everybody was telling me to do things. And like, I know, especially in the industry we're in, right. Everybody's like, yo, school's a joke. Yep. And I didn't learn a crazy amount in school that like I wouldn't have gotten outside of school. Yeah. For me, it was outworking people. And like, for me, I was at the library every day from 8 PM to 11 PM. Right. And like you built different dude, I was sitting there and like in my head, the reason why I liked doing it was because it was just like, nobody else is good, thinks I can do school and put on and do this. So I'm going to do it all and make it happen. Yeah. So like there was a time in my life where my dad was, my parents were getting evicted from houses. My sister was getting ready to go to school. My brother was struggling and I had to make a decision of whether or not I was going to focus on myself and really try to make sure that like everybody would be taken care of long-term mm -hmm. or be short-sighted and like go get a regular job right now where I was already working at a software company. I could have gone and gotten a raise and just focused solely on doing software. And like looking back, I'm so happy I didn't do it. But like at the time that was a really, really big yeah. crisis. And like, you know how it is. You look back at it and it's like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But like in, at the, the, in the moment you're like, dude, it's your world. Yeah, exactly. Right? Your whole world is rocked. So wow, dude. Yeah. So two things, like two things going along with that that are so key and important. I want to touch on both of them. Then I want to, I want to dive into both of them. First thing is like something I've noticed with everybody that goes and really kind of gets everything out of life in any aspect of life, whether it be business, whether it be family, whether it be just their mental health, they always look long-term, right? Yeah. They're always looking long-term. They're always looking like, not only how is this going to affect me right now, but how is this going to affect me 15 years down the road, five years down the road, which is really, really cool. So that's the first thing I want to dive into. And then also before I forget it, like I think there's a time in everyone's life that that goes and finds success, however you define success, that finds success. There's a point in time where the story changes from if everything's going the way it will, that's where I could get. Like if all this happens and if they do this, that like it's going to work out. There's a point in time where that story changes to it's on me. Like it's on me. You're in me. control of it, yeah. Yeah, like it's extreme. It's extreme ownership, jo Jocko Willing. It's it's like it's on me, through and through, on me, regardless of economy, regardless of situations, regardless of circumstance, regardless of upbringing, regardless of family situation, regardless of company. It's on me. Yeah. Right. So my first question would be: At what point in life did that switch flip? Do you feel like that's been something you've understood forever that it's on you? Or was there something and does that tie into early on younger when it's like, okay, it's on me. Like it is a hundred percent on me. My success is on me. My failures on me. My happiness is on me. My depression's on me. Like it's on me to go and get this figured out extreme ownership. When, when did that go and when that switch flip? I think wrestling played a big part in it. I think wrestling did help when I first thought about like, Hey, the more I put in, the better I'll do. Right. Okay. And it sounds egotistical or narcissistic a little bit, but like I've always felt like I was good at whatever I tried to put my mind to. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I was always like, and I feel like we all, you probably felt similar. Like, Hey, if I, I tell everybody this, if I go put as much time into real estate as I do right now into my job, I'll be one of the most savvy real estate investors there is in my head because like, I've just, yep. That's your identity. Yeah. I'm I've been good at whatever I've really, really put my mind to and focused on. And I know I can focus and not work people with it, but on that, go ahead. You always start out good. No, never. Dude, I remember uh, we can go to the Viv days when it was me, you, and a few people. Like, bro, I remember being super, super frustrated because we had a rookie, one of my best buddies, you know him, but uh, I don't want to say his name. He was doing well 
the first couple of weeks. Yeah. But he was also having people come and like sell the accounts for him. Yeah. Right. And like do different things and getting a lot more help. And like, but he was up on the leaderboard and like in my head, I'm like, I didn't ask for the help because I knew I needed to figure it out. And once I figured it out, I would do really, really well. Yeah. And like, which well, takes a lot of discipline, dude, it was tough because you want to be immediately really, really good at it. Yeah. And honestly, I would say I've never really been good at things right away to start. Like yep. I have my sales skills and charisma and like those things, but like, I, like I wasn't the smartest kid. I wasn't like the yep. LSAT with the LSAT, for example, I was practice. I was P they call it PTN, but practice testing. I was in the bottom 40% when I first started. Yeah. See, I think that's so important. The reason I ask that, is, and I relate a hundred percent, dude, I typically am terrible at things when yeah. I start like my track record of things I've started. <laughs> I'm typically the worst one at it, but I think the reason I think this podcast might be different for you. I maybe dude, may, uh, but even then talking to social anxiety for sure early on. So figured that out throughout everything else, but a hundred percent, like I've been terrible at things. And I think it's so important because the whole point of this is like, dude, sometimes people look at people, they put them on a pedestal and I'll say it a million times and everybody is just doing the same stuff. Some people just understand things a little bit differently. They look at things a little bit differently and it changes that it changes the, the trajectory by a couple degrees and you end up hundreds of miles somewhere else. Yeah. So like absolutely, like yes, you've you your identity to yourself is I'm going to be the best at whatever I go apply myself to. No matter what. Like, no matter what, right? Yeah, it's like just think about it. If you go put a hundred like right now you're probably working eighty to hundred people think that Vivint's just like that you're just showing up at the office an hour a week and, but they don't see the phone calls that you're taking all day. They don't see that you're working all day. The effects it has on your relationship, on the people you love and all these different things, right? Like if you took the same time and went and applied it to anything, you'd be, be world-class. Yeah. You'd be world-class at it. Eventually it wouldn't start off like that. Right. But like you would be, so it kind of eliminates that scarcity, like mindset in the sense of like, dude, with enough time, I'm going to get good. So yeah. No, no I, risk with it. I think that's so gold. I think that's so gold. And, and again, mentioning scarcity mindset and all of that, it's just ways of looking at things. And, and I, I hope people recognize as they go and listen to this, there are so many common beliefs, so many common patterns, so many common stories that play through the top 1%'s head, yeah. right? In, in any aspect, like the people who have found success, the people who are doing what they want in life. And I'm not saying it's perfect and I'm not saying it's great, but like people that a lot of average people look up to, that are living average lives they look up to, they have very, very common denominators. They're not that different, right? Like they, they, they see a few things very similarly and those few things change everything. And, and I think one thing you mentioned there that touches on that is literally like it's your identity to become world-class and the best because you understand how much effort you have to put in, how much time. And along with effort and time, that means sacrifice. If you're putting effort and time into something, it's taking away from something else. 100%. Right? And when you really become fixated, and, and, and this is something that I've struggled with really bad, probably my most asked question to people when I find people who seem like they have a good balance, and I've received a pretty common answer. I'm curious if, you, if you've seen the same, like, hey, how do you balance? Like, you want to be the best. Like, you want to go and get to the point where you can take care of your family forever. That's not easy. That's yeah. big right? That's going to take a ton of sacrifice. How do you go and do that and like make sure the other parts of your life are taken care of? And my, my first question started is how do you balance it? Dude, balance is tough. Like I'm far, like you would admit so far from perfect with it that if Kim, my wife, Kim even saw that I was talking about balance, she'd probably laugh at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, dude, I just get like, I don't know if there is, it's like what you said. I don't know if there is actually balance with it. Like I, 
know what I want long term. And like, I think with a relationship, it's super important that they know where you're at, yep. right? And they know what you're wanting because like Kim knows that how often I work and like, I got really, really lucky. I think sometimes people get married so young that they don't know what they want. And when somebody finds what they want, mm-hmm. the person wasn't, they weren't on the same page at the beginning, right? Yep. I met Kim a little bit later. So when I was 25, 26, I'd already started working a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I started dating Kim. So Kim kind of knew what she was getting into signing up for a little bit more. Whereas like, yeah. I don't think that a lot of people I watch reps get married at 21, 22 and like they don't have the conversation of what they want or what their plan is. Right. Yep. And then they decide what they are, what they want. And then their spouse isn't on board and then it gets a little bit tougher. Yeah. It's, it's super tough. And I, and I think what's super important there too, is it's just like, I think a lot of people hear this and, and, and I think a lot of people do hear people that go and take their occupation extremely seriously and they want to be world-class and they hear it and they're like, Oh dude, like tch. Like they're missing the mark. Like they're not like they're not a family. It's like, no, why do you think people do it? Like the most successful people I know put in that 10 years of 12 hour days and now looking at them like, dang, that's what I want. But like, dude, I think people, it's okay if somebody doesn't want to work that hard and somebody doesn't want to do what like yeah. we do, right? Like that's okay. But like, I like doing it. Yeah. That's what I told Kim. She was like, why? Like you're working hard. You're doing I go, I'm happy when I'm doing that. Like if I was yep. at the beach all the time or doing these, like I, dude, I get like, we went to Europe and Italy for, we went to Switzerland and Italy the last couple of weeks ago and it was great. But like by the end of the trip, you're kind of itching to like, get you're antsy. Work, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like doing it. And yeah. so like, I think that helps a lot is like, if you're working a nine, if you're, if you're working at somewhere you don't want to be in like, yep, that's when it gets kind of tough. Right. But like Kim knows that my wife knows that I like working and like, I'm taking the calls or when I'm doing these things or when I'm waking up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever time and like doing those things like she knows I like doing it. So, yeah. And I think that's so important. Like that touches on like defining your success. Yeah. Like the word success is thrown around and instantly I think in people's heads it pops up like, oh, driving a nice car, having a lot of money, like whatever success looks like stereotypically and just on the surface, it doesn't matter. It's like what's success to you? Right. And that's why I get so freaking jazzed when I see my friends go and do what I know they want to be doing. I don't, I don't give two shits how much money they're making doing it. Obviously you have to put food on the table. That's why, that's why yeah. money is always part of the conversation because money makes the world go round. But yeah, you need money. You need like, money. Yeah. That's why it's always part of the conversation. But unfortunately, because it's always part of the conversation, typically it devours the conversation, but it's literally such a side side piece to, are you doing what you want to be doing? Are you fulfilled in it? Like what's your success Define your success? And I think the reason I've chosen the people to be on here that I have on here is because a lot of those people have figured out like what's their success. Right. And like they're working towards it actively. Like that's inspiring way more than making a lot of money and being a dick. Yeah. Right. That's way more inspiring than being tangibly successful with really cool things and not happy. Right. So, so I absolutely love that. And and that kind of goes into the next question on all of that. It's like, okay, successful people or people that that are doing what they want to be doing. They look at things long-term. I see my friends and like my peers and my reps or anyone that are the least happy that are having the most internal conflict out of everyone. And those are the people who are also the freaking shortest sighted. Like they're looking at things. So like today, yeah. like, not, and that's not saying don't be present. Cause it's so important to learn to be present, but don't look at your problems and your struggles as like a survival, like look long term. So, so rolling into that, I think that's something that's very common with people but that are, that are, go ahead. You go like adding to that, like you look your, if you live right in the moment, I mean, I'm very young still, I feel like 29, but like, I look back at like the 
toughest time in my life, right? Yeah. And now looking back at it, it's like, ah, oh, it wasn't that tough. Exactly. So like if you live in that moment and you let that moment consume you, dude, I'd be in a completely different spot. Yep. Right? But like the long-term picture, it does allow it to where like what we were talking before the podcast, like I'm going through a lot right now with like work and school and all that stuff. And like, I know that in five, 10 years, I'm going to look back at it and be like, ah, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. So. And that's like, it's like a superpower. It, yeah. It's like, it's like armor when you can look at things like, oh, right. And and one thing I'm very good at now, because I did not used to be good at this. I used to literally let things absorb me and like destroy me in every aspect of my life. One little hard thing. And I've had some really hard things, right? But like now I think I've, I'm, I'm glad I've had those because now I have looked back and like, oh, huh, whatever. Yeah. And now big things happen and people in my life are like, dude, how's that not rocking your world? And I laugh. I'm like, <laughs> this ain't the first time this ain't going to be the last time right and like it's not nothing's changing like the only thing that's really going to impact me is how i let it affect what i'm doing day to day be where your feet are yeah right i've had some really good friends and mentors go and, and tell me just be where your feet are which is super important but i also i'm where my feet are but i don't let the problems consume my world the next thing i kind of want to ask is like with with everything with all of your highs and your lows like what so bouncing off that like your lows the situation you were in, you had a lot of people depending on you. There's a lot of pressure there. There's internal conflict, which is why it's a low, because there's one part of you that wants to do one thing and one part of you that wants to do something else. What was a time where it was like freaking ecstasy, like cloud nine, nailed it, like floating. You know what I'm talking about? Like crying, happy tears. Like what, what, where was something like that in your, in your experience? What's, what's something that stands out? I mean, a spot aside from like, obviously like getting married and doing like of course, weddings and all those things, right? Like, yeah, honestly, probably the happiest I was, was our first year when we were trying to build this like sales org and we were trying to do all these things and like, we're living in Airbnbs and we're doing all sorts of stuff. And it's like the Holly Grove experience. Right. <laughs> and those are the times you always look back at and you go through your pictures and you're like, wow, like those were really, really cool times. And to add to it, like we were growing faster than we've ever grown. Because I think of that, like we were enjoying the time so much. And yeah. I would say a few years ago when that was probably like the, I finally started making a little bit of money. I finally started to like see the end and like that there was an end to like the problems. Yeah. There's like light at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And like, that was probably a time where like I knew I was in control and like, I knew that like, yep. yeah, like that was probably the most happy I'd ever been. And like, it wasn't the most money. I'd, I finally started making some money, but it wasn't like yeah. the most money I'd ever made or anything like that. Yep. It was, we were doing something that we wanted to do. We were proving people wrong. We were doing things that like, and when I say, it's funny, I always say, I, w I would be curious to know your opinion on this. I say proving people wrong. And like, I feel like all successful people have like this they that they're like trying to prove. And like, Oh yeah. The people in the shadows. But like, when you look back, it's like everyone's supporting you. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. like I, I was talking to actually my, our buddy Jake <laughs> yeah. and I go, dude, they don't think we're going to be able to, he goes, who's they, who are you talking about? I was like, <laughs> they, I, they don't. And he's like, dude, everybody I know believes in you. Like, well, don't tell me that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Give me someone to fight against. Yeah. Right. Like, now I'm with you. And, and like, the thing is though, is going along with that to kind of contradict and there is always someone rooting against you always. Yeah. I believe that. Like I really do. Someone does not want to see you go and smash it out of the park the reason why they're rooting against you is because they know you probably you have the talent too right? they know like, you can do it they know you can do it exactly. but they're just like uh, exactly. we'll see exactly and that's that's yeah i love that i love that there really is there's not often times where people like people are just rooting against you and even if they are 
you probably see them once every three weeks, once a month, once a year. They're not that impactful, right? But it's a really cool thing to go and like battle against that. It's it's a chip on your shoulder mentality. And then and I love that you brought up like that that's your highest like that's that's like your one of your highest highs. That's like your your ecstasy. And the coolest part about that, the part I want people to realize is that point in time was right after probably a few months or longer of like shithole. Like what is going on? What did I just get myself into? What are we doing? This might not work, but I got to make sure everyone thinks I think it's going to work. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. I'm just assuming. No, that was, dude, I was dating a girl that I didn't want to date. I was doing things that I didn't want to do. Like that's kind of where the law school thing came in. And like, I'm not in law school. I'm still debating whether I want to do it or not because there's a lot of benefits for it. But I remember being in a point where I was like, what in the world am I doing? And then we went and figured something out and it worked out really, really well. But that was probably like one of the, I wouldn't say it's the lowest point of my life, but it was one of the scarier moments of my life just because like I started to waver a little bit in my self-belief, which was very, very rare. Yeah, that I think that's what I want people to realize is like, and and I've I've realized it every time I go and hear a story of someone's high, my follow up question is, what did it look like right before that? Yeah, what was like, what was life like right before that? The year before that, what was life like? And most most times, it's like, dude, that was like the scariest or the most unsettling or the worst or the you know what I'm saying time of my life right yeah. before that high. And it's so important to understand there's contrast and there's always going to be lows, always going to be highs and to rock with it. Right. Yeah. dude, I was battling, uh, like I, everybody has this door to door stigma. You don't want to be that guy. All those things. Like I was the worst of it battling that side of it. Like I was not happy with who I was, not happy with work, not happy with all those things. And it wasn't even that I wasn't happy with like what I was doing. It was just, I didn't like the image and I kind of had to swallow that. Yeah. And once I swallowed that and started like, Hey, embraced what I do and this is how I make money and this is how I can help people and like solve all the benefits from it. Like, bro, I skyrocketed and yeah, it was so awesome. I, dude, that's, that's gold. And that's something I'm glad you brought up. Cause it's, it's like, you just mentioned, like when you started thinking about helping people and all of that, and that there's something about it. It's super, super special. And a lot of people probably don't know or realize, obviously I know you treat people really well. You help people a lot, but like, seriously, what like makes you click is helping people. Yeah, I've seen you be more stoked on little chances to go and like make someone else's life a little bit bit easier than something dope that was happening in your life, yeah. right? Do you feel like when you're helping other people is when you find the most fulfillment? And where does that come from? Like, where, how do you have that approach when things are hard in your own life, right? Because Lord knows it's not always sun yeah. sunshine and rainbows on your side. Like, how do you keep that as a focal point of like, dude, I want to make sure I'm always helping people. That's a load of questions. That's a, there's a lot to that question. I think for a financial side first, like mm-hmm. I'm, there's probably people that would disagree or whatever. I, I think if you learn how to make other people money, you'll make money as a byproduct, right? Yep. One of the coolest parts for the door to door industry and what we're doing is watching somebody that comes from the Excalibur kiosk turn into a six figure income and like doing all these things, and like giving them their first trick. Like that was one of the most fulfilling things. We're in an Airbnb. Um, my buddy Tanner writes a check to our rep for the salt, for the commission and all those things and hands it to him when he's in this yellow bunk bed that we bought. <laughs> and like the look on his face was like the most fulfilling thing I've ever experienced. Yep. And so like I learned at that moment, like if I can just go make everybody else money, then I'll make money as a byproduct and that'll be, I'll be fine. And yeah. I think the helping side is like, I get nervous to come off as like egotistical. I, I've always felt special. And like, I've always felt like they're, my favorite 
poem of all time is your deepest feel is not fear is not that you're inadequate, but that you're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Right. Like mm-hmm. that is one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. And I've always known that like I was kind of special mm-hmm. and like, so wanting to help people was like, if I don't do this, I'm not going to fulfill my like highest potential. And like, yeah. So your, your fear is literally like, yeah, it's your like, fear is falling short of what you could do. I didn't think about this till David Goggins said it, but he talks about going up there and you die and you look at a man in the mirror and they read off who you could have been. And then like, he's sitting there as a 300 pound man. And he's like, I didn't want to be there and then read off this guy that wasn't me. Yep. It's like, that helps a lot too. It's like, it's like Ed Milet. Ed Milet says he thinks heaven, he thinks heaven is going, dying, going up. And they say, Hey, this is the perfect version of yourself. And be like, what up, bro? We're freaking identical. Right. That's heaven. And he says on the flip side, hell is going dying. You go up to heaven or you go wherever. Right. And hell is going and they're like, Hey, this is the perfect, this is what you could have been. Yeah. And you don't even recognize them. Right. Which is, a, it all ties in that quote is super, super cool. And I've loved seeing people look at things that way. It's, 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 yeah, I think, I think it's the best way to look at it. Right. So, so going off of that, one thing that I ask every single person as they come, as they come on here and kind of the, the point of it, like today's the day we talk about what it means. Like we talk about the point of it. Obviously, it's it's just it's the freaking mantra. We love it. But yeah. today's the day. Like really, at, at its core, it's like, dude, this this is kind of it. Like today's all you've really got, right? Yeah. Not to get all deep or whatever, but like tomorrow's not guaranteed. You have no idea, right? And one thing I've realized, like absolutely one hundred percent, whether people realize it or not, the happiest people, the most successful people, the people doing what they want to be doing. They're living by that mantra. Yeah. Like today's the day. This is all I've got. They're extracting all of the good they can possibly extract out of every interaction, every opportunity, everything. And they're also mitigating the the negative effect of every bad thing that can go and happen. Right. So again, the big reason you're here, there's a whole lot of reasons. Like I, I, I love talking to you. I love the way your brain works. I love how you think. I love what you've done. Right. And how you've impacted people, including myself. But like, really at its core, like you really do. You live by the fact of like, dude, every interaction I have, I'm going to extract all the good I can out of it. Every bad thing that happens or thing that could be perceived as bad, uh, I'm I'm mitigating that. I'm going to go and make sure I don't let that throw me off track. Yeah. Right. So I guess my, my question is like, where do you go and get that mentality of like, okay, like, and, and I know we've touched on it quite a bit throughout this whole thing, but like, where does that stem from? Like, dude, yeah, this is kind of all I've got. Like, where do you get that, that, that skill set of just extracting the most out of life? So like, I actually talked to my wife about this a couple weeks ago. So, and this might not be a good answer. I don't know, but like, I'm very religious and like, I, my church has helped me a lot. Like I'm, I'm LDS. Like I, for me, that has been a rock for me. That's helped me a lot. And I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but like, I always have looked at everything. I was like, what if really there is no God, there's no heaven, there's no hell, there's no nothing. Yeah. And like, all we have is like this life. And it's like, even when I make decisions and like, even though my church has, it's like such an impact on me and like with the decisions that I make, mm-hmm. I make decisions based off of like, Hey, what if this is the last day? And like, there is nothing and I'm wrong. And like, if I can live with that and know like, Hey, this decision that I'm going to make, Knowing if everything else just didn't matter, I'm still happy with the decision. I'll make that decision. Like I, I love that. Yeah, it's just t- it's like I think so often we let everybody else control what we want to do, and like even whether it's whether it is religion or whether it is a uh, mentor, whether it is whatever you want, right? Like 
they live for that acceptance or whatever. And it's like, what if that doesn't matter? And that person didn't say that. And what happens if the church wasn't true? And what happens if all these things, like, would you be happy with the decision you made? And if you can answer yes, then it's like, dude, I did it right. And and I think following that, like, that's exact, dude, that's exactly the point. Like that's exactly the point. The whole point of this is like, honestly, you don't know what you've got. You have no idea how long you've got. If you go and you approach it like it's all you've got, you'll see how much more you get out of it. That's the yeah. whole point of this. And, and if people can go and see that, it's cool that you already do that without even realizing it. Yeah. Right. You totally do. And I think most, most people that find success do. Yeah. And I think like, it's really good to have people in church, like religion, like all those things. Like I'm very religious. Like I, I believe in it. it's in my core and like, it helps me make decisions, but I don't make decisions strictly because of my uncle or my church or my this or my that yep. I make it based off of, Hey, is this where I want to be? Is this what I want to do? Is this the right thing? And all those people that are in your life can help you make that decision. Like, and they can lead you in the right direction, but if you're going to not be happy with your decision for the rest of your life. That kind of sucks. It all comes full circle. Like everything, everything with personal growth and happiness and mental well-being and everything. Like they're, they're very textbook answers typically. Yeah. And people don't like to hear the same answers. That's why they go and hear it a different way and it makes sense, right? Yeah. But, but I really think like at its core, when you go and you approach things that way, that's also how you avoid regret. And I think the worst, the worst feeling is regret because that anything in the past is cement. It's there. Yeah. It's not going anywhere, right? So if you can avoid negative things that are cemented, like regret, that's one of the only things I can think of that's permanent forever. It's, it's, that's a happy life. Like that's a successful life. And the way to do that, I think is exactly like you're saying. Yeah. I think the way to eliminate regret is to make decisions for yourself and not make decisions for other people. Yep. Right. Like, yep. I don't really have regrets and like everything I've done is it is what it's like you said, it's concrete. Right. Yep. I just have noticed that people in that do live in the past or have a lot of regret typically we're making decisions for like other people or for based off other circumstances, whether it was their bishop telling it or whether it was their brother or their mom or whoever it was, people will regret those things. But I don't think people really regret doing things for themselves. That That is so, so, so gold. Like that is, I mean, that's one of the keys, dude. That is, that's such a nugget. I love that, man, dude. I, I've, I could literally talk for three hours. I seriously could sit here and talk for three oh, hours. Wow. I know I could talk, I could, I could talk forever. <laughs> um, time's about up, but basically if there was one thing and we're going to have you on again, it's going to, we'll get a lot more out of it. But if there was one thing you could leave with people that's been impactful to you, that you feel like could go and help somebody just go and really my goal is go help people live a more fulfilled life, right? I don't care how much money you make, right? If that's fulfillment, I want to help you make as much money as possible. I don't care about this, that, whatever it is that makes you happy. That's what I care about. So like what, what piece of advice or what else would you leave with everybody? It's like, Hey, this has helped me go and get the most, feel the most fulfillment, get the most out of life. Honestly, as cliche as it sounds, I'd say be nice. Like, as like, I try my best to be nice to everybody. Yep. And I mean, look, if somebody crosses me or does whatever, I can be mean if I have to, but like, I don't like myself when I'm that way. And like, I'll just take myself from the situation. Like, yeah, I know that there are successful people that make a lot of money that are assholes to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be that person at all. But then you see people like, I don't even know. I've never even talked to him, but like TP, like you, you just hear great stories about him, right? Like yeah. he's just a nice person. Yep. And so like, I think if you always go and try to have an interaction and try to be nice with somebody and have them like you and have a good taste in your mouth, like eventually karma will catch up to you and you're like, you'll be successful, whether it's financially relationships, whatever it is, family, like yep. you'll be successful if you're nice to everybody. That's called gold advice. That's called elementary gold advice. Bucket. Thank you so much, man. I freaking, I love you to death. 
I hope I hope everybody gets as much out of this stuff as I do. So I love you. We'll tune out, but today's the day, baby. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.